I'm Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark's Paints and Hooch. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about paints, hooch, and history. Hi, everybody. I'm Dawn, and this is episode six. Hooray! Yay! Wow. I know. So uh, tonight, we're going to offer you some stories from the Larson Sisters Neck of the Woods. Um, don't forget that we post information and pictures and drink recipes on Facebook and Instagram, so go there. Um, <laughs> we try to get the drink recipe out in time for you to make it and sip and listen. Sometimes we're good at that, sometimes not so much, but you know. Uh, we need to apologize in advance for any noises, tech issues. Remember, we're four girls in three states with lots of crappy Wi-Fi, really. I think <laughs> The only one with good Wi-Fi. Um, we're also sorry for dogs, cats, kids, mowers, husbands, neighbors. There ain't no soundproofing studios around here. So, <laughs> something I want to mention, um, which I'm not sure if we have before, um, but we've decided, if you all haven't figured it out, to publish episodes on the first and the fifteenth of each month for this this year, anyway. So when you tell all of your friends to listen on their favorite platform, and we're on eight, eight freaking awesome. Yay. Yay. And depending upon what platform you use, please rate and or review us. It's how we move up in the podcast world, and God knows we all need to move up. So <laughs> tonight, we're um, doing some stories, like I said, from the Larson neck of the woods, um, when I, so you know how, whenever you guys have me host, right, I always have to tell a story even though I'm not supposed to. So when I was little, Springfield was the big town. Like it's about, uh, how many miles from Forsyth, you guys? Like 45. Yeah. Yeah. 45. So it's, you know, in old, olden days, it took about an hour to get to where you wanted to go. It's where you went to the movies. It's where you went to shop. You had to dress up. Grandma Jones used to make us dress up. Like, I remember wearing gloves when I was a little girl. And oh, wow. Crinolines. Oh. oh, holy shit. Be I don't remember that at all, but oh. I, I do remember Springfield. We had to, you know, yeah. Dress yeah. up. Oh, yeah. I still feel yeah. like it's the big town. Yeah, just really. wearing gloves. Yeah, yeah. that's um, true. Got to put makeup on. Oh, makeup and we had to go when hers department store was on the square we had to go have a cup of coffee and a popover on the mezzanine grandma jones that was like a thing you had to do so it was that very, sounds fancy it, it was, was fancy, fancy. Yeah. oh yes it was fancy um so it was a big deal to go to springfield so dina has the big one on a scary place Ooh. in springfield Deidre has a little one on another scary place in Springfield, but Pam has this cocktail that has altered all of our appearances. So Pam, tell us about that. <laughs> oh my, yes, indeed. Well, yes, our hooch for the week is, called, is uh, themed on the Haunted Mansion from Disney, and it's called The Essence of Death. 
Oh. And the original uh, recipe from, uh, um, I don't know if it's a restaurant uh, associated with the Haunted Mansion or whatever. But anyway, it, it, the a recipe was given uh, by the pitcher. Well, we just want to do a drink or two at the most here for these purposes. So um, the pitcher called for two cups of water, a can of lemonade, four cups of ginger ale, and black vodka, which black vodka then took me down another rabbit hole in how many legitimate black vodkas there are on the market. And apparently there's only one, and it comes from England. But then... Somebody said, I saw in another place that you can make your own black vodka. So I thought, aha, that's what us girls will do. So to make this black vodka, you need 10 drops of red food coloring, 10 drops of blue food coloring, eight drops of green food coloring in with your vodka. So I did that early this morning and then realized that gel food coloring is about twice, if not more times stronger than regular liquid food coloring. So I cut back a little bit, but I could have cut back way, way, way more. So that's a long story to say that the recipe that I used this morning was uh, uh, in my, I made two shots of vodka and then put six blue, six red and five green drops of gel food coloring to make the black vodka. And then uh, lemonade and ginger ale. And those proportions are one shot to one ounce to however much ginger ale, uh, an ounce of lemonade and then however much ginger ale you want on top of it. Yeah. So um, I uh, altered it a little over here because I forgot to get my ginger ale. I had, I had uh, lemon juice but i put um some sugar in to kind of make a simple syrup so i kind of deviated quite a bit one of you girls uh, uh dawn i bet you have a better version or dina why don't you guys tell me how you guys mine is cocktail. yeah mine is good i was a little afraid of it when i first made it but <laughs> i did uh one shot or one ounce of vodka to lemonade to ginger ale I didn't really I just poured some in till it looked good and then um my black vodka was three red three blue and two green and it's it's pretty black yeah um and it tastes good I like it I'm good I'm a, I'm, I'll drink more than one so right. I misread it I thought it said uh, now I'm just realizing I misread it I thought it said an ounce of lemon juice not lemonade so I was like, dang, this is tart. <laughs> well, but, I think that's what I put on our, on our, on our dock. Oh, okay. That's the adjustment that I made on the dock. And that, cause that's what I, I put in lemon juice instead yeah. of lemonade. And right. so I ended up putting in more, yeah, more, I ended up putting in more ginger ale cause it needed to be sweeter, but I used regular food coloring and I think I did the six, six, five and, um, my yeah, my tongue is not black yet, like Pam's. <laughs> Mine is very. We need to screenshot <laughs> that Pam so that we can give it to people because hers, she may never be the same. I I gotta make sure I brush my teeth right after this. <laughs> With the bleach. It'll come off my teeth. Yeah. 
<laughs> it looks like you um, charcoal brushed your. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, charcoal toothpaste. Right? Yeah. yeah. So oh. there you go. That's the haunted mansion essence of death. Good luck experiment and have a have a big old time with it. Yeah, it's it was good. Good. It's a good. I'm summary. a fan. It's good summary tasting. Drink. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks for that hooch recipe. Um, we hope you all are getting black tongues along with us. And uh, Dina's got the big one. And Dina, I gotta say, man, I don't know anything about this, so I'm I'm excited. So take okay. it away. Well, I will. So I decided to do Pythian Castle, which is located in downtown Springfield. And this one may be more of a history lesson than what we're used to, because I didn't know much about it either, besides the fact that it was haunted. So it is just east of Drury University. Um, the castle was built in 1913 by the Knights of Pythias. So the Knights of Pythias were a secret society founded in February of 1864. The Knights were inspired by the legend of Damon and Pythias. So if you aren't familiar with the legend, which I was not, I'm going to tell you what it was. Pythias was accused of plotting against Dionysus I and sentenced to death. Accepting his sentence, Pythias pled with Dionysus to let him journey home to say his goodbyes to his family. The king, of course, refused, believing that Pythias would flee and never return. Damon offered himself as hostage. The king insisted that without Pythias's return, Damon would be put to death. Damon agreed, and Pythias was released. Convinced that he would not return, Dionysus watched the return date come and go and scheduled Damon's execution. Just at the point of execution, Pythias returned, explaining there was a shipwreck and he had to swim to shore to return to Syracuse. So impressed by the loyalty and integrity of the men, Dionysus pardoned them both. So there's there's the little mythology right there. Okay. Hey, that's obscure and weird. Okay. Now, this is Dionysus, right. the Greek god, right? In yeah, Springfield, yeah. Missouri. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was not formed in, it's not the original. Oh, okay. It was originally, I'm going to get to that. So, okay. like I said, I knew nothing. I, I just knew the castle was supposedly haunted. So, I'm going to give you a little history lesson because it was nice to know why that's there. So, here we go. So, the Knights were formed by Justice H. Rathbone. He was an actor and a music composer, and he was originally from Deerfield, New York. He was a school teacher by trade and also a great Shakespearean scholar, which I believe explains his love of the mythology, right? That all kind of mixes in together. So President Lincoln, upon being advised of the order's teaching, suggested that it be brought before Congress to be chartered. It was the first fraternal order to be chartered under an act of Congress. There's some sort of ritual that takes place that the official webpage mentions ever, but it doesn't tell you what it is. It never explains it. Well, so there's this not. big long yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, okay, here's, here's their paragraph of their ritual, and then I'll, I'll give you their principles, too. It's a little long, but I think, you know, history lesson. Yeah. Here you go. Every sentence has a meaning, and every paragraph filled with a beautiful and inspiring lesson in the Order's ritualistic work. The flag of the country has an honored place at every meeting. 
The Holy Bible is the supreme book of law. The order does not seek to shape any man's creed. Pythianism is the practical application of religious and charitable principles to everyday life. We have a heritage of which we are proud, and our precepts and teachings lead men to higher ideals of life. We invite like-minded men of good character to join us in making these ideals the dominant factor in modern living. So they also list their principles. And this is, here we go. The Fraternal Order of Knights of Pythias promotes cooperation and friendship between people of goodwill. Pythians know one way to happiness is through service to mankind. Pythians believe that friendship is an essential ingredient in life. Pythians make benevolence, kindness, generosity, and tolerance a reality in their lives. Pythians place home ties at the top of the priority list. Pythians are interested in public affairs on the local, state, or province, national, and international levels. Pythians are eager to enhance the communities in which they live. Pythians respect and honor the law of the land in which they live. Pythians seek to expand their circle of influence by association with people of like interests and energy. Our social and charitable activities are directed towards enhancing the great principles of the order, friendship, charity, and benevolence. Those are in bold capital letters. Well, These principles are adhered to very strongly through contributions of money, time, efforts, and supplies to Pythians and non-Pythians alike. The eventual aim and goal is the betterment of mankind. So, so is it still go. happening? Mm-hmm, yep. Huh. It is. That's because they have the very page, lofty and very positive. Which I put, yeah, which I, um, is on the resources, but there's an actual web page you can go to and look through their stuff. So uh, these ideas of loyalty, honor, and friendship were the center of the order's beliefs. Um, some of the names you might recognize, past um, members are Louis Armstrong, Warren Harding, Nelson Rockefeller. Hmm. Those are some big names. Ooh, and it's diverse, so, which is weird. Springfield. Yeah, well, so at one point, I there was um, an issue with um, African-American men being led into the order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that is no longer the case. So, okay, so here we go. Back to, back to Springfield. Um, originally, the castle had been built as a retirement home for its needy members, widows and their children. It also served as their meeting hall until 1942. World War II saw the castle turned into a military hospital for wounded U.S. troops and also a prison for German, Italian, and Japanese POWs. Its name was then changed to the O'Reilly's Enlisted Men's Service Club. In 1993, the military sold it as surplus, and it is now privately owned by, and I should have listened to what her last name is because I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but here we go. Um, owned by Tamara Finichero. That's oh. what we're going to go with. If oh, that's not that it, I'm good. really sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she reopened the castle in 2010 for public tours and events, including history tours, ghost tours, murder mystery theater, weddings, and escape rooms. So um, a dark history is, surrounds the castle. With all those things, of course, of course, there's a dark history, right? Um, there are stories of the orphans being abused by their caretakers. Uh, they were used as laundry labor, having to crawl through underground tunnels to reach the laundry building from the main building. The tunnels were filled with steam pipes, mud, debris, and rodents. There's also a tale of a large man that used to take the children to the tunnels to abuse them. 
Then we have the tales of the castle's basement being turned into an actual dungeon during World War II. Many veterans gave reports of ranking German, Italian, and Japanese POWs finding their end in the basement of the castle. Part of the history tour shows you some artwork left by such POWs, a sunset scene, and it is also on my resource material. Hmm. The of the war saw the castle turned into a tuberculosis hospital that saw more death i'm sorry this saw more death and sorrow to saturate the building throughout the years more uh, natural and accidental deaths found their way to the walls of the castle so tales of the hauntings began in the 1940s many tales the stories of disembodied voices moving books in the library touches and ghostly figures of children in 1942 Billy Bob Firestone was on leave from the army set for deployment overseas. When asked about his time at the castle by his brother, he tells this story. I was on the second floor, Bob said. The room was empty, but I knew something was not right. I knew I was not alone. Did you see anything, his brother asked? No, but I felt something. I felt two people there with me, and I thought I heard a woman and a man talking together. But there was nothing there. I got the hell out quick. <laughs> uh, well, so Ghost it, Adventures. I, I was just going to say, it's got like all the makings, like a, t a tuberculosis hospital, a prison, a yeah. orphanage. It's got like everything, right? <laughs> How can it not be haunted, right? That's what I really? say. Of course it has ghosts. So, uh, Ghost Adventures, season 15, episode 5, features Pythian Castle, and that's Screaming Zach Deidre. So, um, I know who that on. is. Thank you very much. Screaming I Zach. Scream oh, we Zach. all know who that is. Screaming Zach. Yeah, he's our favorite. Um, I'm, I hope he doesn't um, ever listen to this and, and take offense to that, because it's a, oh. it's a term of endearment. We love I know. You're not the okay. only people that call him Screaming Zach. Screaming so. Zach. We yeah. love you, Screaming Zach. We don't mean to be mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so it's on YouTube, and I'm sure you can stream it on the Travel Channel, too. Um, in the first few minutes of the episode, um, they hear a dis disembodied whistle while trying to interview Cindy Shipley, one of the tour guides. It's not only picked up by the crews of the Ghost Adventures, but it also can be heard on the castle security system. Oh. Um, the tour guide, uh, Cindy Shipley, she has a pretty sad story. So during the beginning of Miss Benichero's, I'm sure that's wrong, ownership, Cindy and her brother were asked to house at the castle while the owner was out of town. They had some odd behavior from their dogs, and um, after that, they, they went ahead and went to bed. Cindy had a premonition of her brother's death during the dream that evening. She saw the body of a floating woman who looked remarkably like the owner's mother and felt a strong urge to wake her brother. Three weeks later, her brother committed suicide. At the oh. time of his death, the owner oh. witnessed a radiator being pushed over in her bedroom. Cindy is convinced that the castle had influence over her brother's decision to end his life. Oh, wow. Um, so her, the owner has her own ghost story. Um, when she, when they were first renovating, she had an experience. Um, this is what she says. We had paint drapes covering the doorway of the writing room, an expansive chamber in the west wing of the castle. When I walked back into the hallway, I pushed through the drapes and encountered a physical body standing on the other side. I bumped into it. She was alone in the castle that day, so there was nobody there. 
She also claims that on one of her very first days in the castle, she heard a disembodied female voice say, hello. Wow. Um, in a YouTube video I found on the Pararational website, a gentleman named A.J. Whitmore says he took photos of a couch that had shadow people on it. But he didn't show the pictures in the video, though, which is weird. I mean, if you're well, going to take the time to video it, have those pictures, right? Right. Because now I want to see them. So others have reported strange voices as well. This is a, an account from the Seaborne Paranormal Investigations of a recording um, of an EVP on their digital recorder in the basement. So this is what she says. John and I decided to go down to the dungeon, a concrete room in the back of the basement where prisoners were believed to have been kept. And a German gentleman is believed to reside now. While we were down there, we decided to try to play a little game with our Maglite flashlight, which had yielded interesting results for us on our last investigation at the Powhatan Courthouse. Although we did not have a video camera with us at the time, the flashlight did turn on and off at least three times on its own. More importantly, though, our audio recorder picked up a very interesting EVP at the same time. While John and I were discussing the flashlight, a male voice says, ya, 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 which I discovered means yes, yes, yes in German. It seems more than a mere coincidence that we would pick up German words in one room of the castle where a German prisoner was known to have been held. And there's hmm. audio of this. If you go to that website, they actually have the audio and you can oh, hear him cool. say ya, ya, ya. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Another known spirit of the castle is that of a man named Jess, who was suffering from, from throat cancer and ultimately shot himself. It is reported that he used to get angry at people calling him by the wrong name and would set off the fire alarms. <laughs> so as of July 2020, um, they are still offering both history and ghost tours. And you can visit their uh, website to plan and reserve your spots. The more we do this, um, the, like I have a whole list of things I want to do when I'm allowed to not, you know, to, to do to do things again. Right. <laughs> I'm allowed to do things. So again. you know, I have a whole list of stuff I want to do. Rob, uh, my husband Robert, got mom and me tickets to the ghost tour um, one time. It was a long time ago. And mom doesn't really remember it. I remember it, but we didn't come across any. There were no ghosties that night that we were there. But it, it's a very interesting um, place. It, you know, beautiful and and everything. So I would go. I'll go with you. I'll yeah, go. I'll go. When, when I think it's a road trip. Well, it's a world tour because we've got so many places that we have to check out. Right. Yeah. I know. For real. <laughs> oh, Ozark's world tour. <laughs> that was not Sark's world tour. All right, that's it. Oh, well, that was good. That was yeah, really that was good. Really interesting. I yeah, appreciated I, all the history was, behind it. I know, I'd never oh, heard it's of it. A little it. bit more history than ghosts. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. I was uh, anxious to hear about it. Um, when I, uh, a friend of mine in Northwest Arkansas, outside of Fayetteville, uh, met a gal who's a tour guide there. And I said, oh Aww. my goodness, well, we're going to do a story on, and she listens, she's been listening to our podcast. So, uh, so she said uh, uh, that her friend, Lazy Block, I can't remember her name. Anyway, that she was a tour guide there. So uh, 
So yeah, uh, I want to go sometime. Yeah. yeah. So she will definitely tell me that I mispronounced the owner's oh. name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, sorry again. Okay. I had great um, ideas that I was going to find someone saying her name so I could pronounce it correctly, and I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you don't want to say it again so we could... Uh, 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 <laughs> nope, I've said it like three times in the story, and I probably said it different each time, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. Dang. Well, that was good, Dina. Thank you. Um, Thanks. Deidre has the little story about another scary place in Springfield. Yes. And I do know about this a little. Not the scary part, but the place anyway. Yeah, so. sure. It's it's a pretty, especially to our kind of group, it's a pretty familiar place. So yeah. my um, little one is about the Landers Theater. And I'm going to give you just a little brief background on it. Um, it's located on East Walnut Street, and it opened September 18th of 1909 with a production called The Golden Girl. The theater um, was actually the dream of John Landers, who at the time was a newcomer to Springfield, uh, who owned a lumber business. He was joined in the venture by his son, Douglas J. Landers, who also went by DJ Landers, and then there were other investors as well. Um, but it, at the time, had the second largest stage in the state. Uh, the Landers was placed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1977, it was significant for the preserved Baroque Renaissance, Napoleon Ooh. architectural style. Yes, so a number of major restoration projects had been undertaken, and the most recent restorations have been cited with awards from the American Institute of Architects. So, yeah, so in 1920, December 1920, there was a fire. And uh, according to the Springfield leader at the time, it was feared that it would destroy the entire block. However, um, the fact that an asbestos curtain was lowered when the fire was first discovered, they believe that it saved the auditorium from greater damage and, you know, from spreading elsewhere there. So cool. DJ Landers announced that the building would be rebuilt into one of the finest mo uh, motion picture theaters in this section. I don't know what that means, but in this section. Seven <laughs> years later, the Landers became the 35th theater in the United States to show talkies featuring Al Jolson and the jazz singer. And then just one last thing, from March 17th through September 22nd of 1961, NBC carried a live country music variety program from the theater called the, anybody? Ozarks Jamboree. Close, Five Jubilee. Star Jubilee, Five yep. Star Jubilee. Yeah, it was on Star Jubilee. Mm -hmm. Never heard of that. Yeah, it's a big one. It was on Friday nights and the first network color television series to originate outside of New York City or Hollywood. Its yes. first run films continue to be shown on the other six nights of the week. So, so is that the? Wasn't there an? Oz well, I'm digressing, but there was an Ozarks Jamboree too, right? That was right. supposed I to be the Grand Ole Opry and all that. Okay, go. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we'll cover that some other time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, this was um, interesting to me. I thought I um, most of my research comes from uh, a story by Michelle Skalicki, um, who works for KSMU. Um, and she's been with KSMU quite a while. But 
anyway, she did an interview uh, with Chuck Rogers, who was the stage designer and is, I believe, still the stage designer and co-tech director. Um, so some of the stories like this one by Chuck were um, started recently, um, started recently, okay? So um, this one is about an African-American man who was stabbed to death in the second balcony during segregation. So Chuck would point out stains on the carpet to groups that used to tour the building and he would let the kids' imaginations go wild. Well, this, that story in particular did not really happen, which I, I thought was interesting, you know? Mm. All right. Um, although he did have a legitimate experience in the 1990s. He was working late one night when he saw someone standing in the lobby and thinking it was someone who was able to get in through the front doors, he approached the man to ask him why he was there. Well, the guy just kind of stood there and stared at him. And Roger said, you know, sir, the building's closed. I need to ask you to leave. But he just stood there. And as Rogers approached him, he turned around and walked towards the auditorium. Well, Roger stated that he then got a little angry. And as he went around the corner to confront the man, there was nobody there. He says that the incident changed how he viewed what went on in that building. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a story about a Shakespearean ghost on the fourth floor. There's one about a green orb that's seen floating in the balconies and the sounds of babies crying. But there, I couldn't find any additional background information about why any of those things would happen. I mean, the Shakespearean ghost, okay, you know, I guess, but, and the green orb, you know, orbs are, are um, prevalent when there are hauntings, yeah. right? So. Right. Um, so one story told about the Landers uh, involves the ghost of a janitor who was said to have died in the fire of 1920. And while the fire part is true, uh, no one was actually killed when it broke out. So, you know, you know how things happen over the years, you know, you never, I think we talked about this one other time about, um, um, T telephone or gossip or whatever where you tell a story and then tell it to you know yeah. five different people and right. anyway so I, I feel like th there's some of that that's happened here of course but Roger says that the story about the janitor uh, stemmed from the experience he had when he saw the man in the lobby so that night he had invited friends to come to the theater um, after he saw the man and uh, one of the friends brought a Ouija board well the name Ned came back um, as things, you know, do on the Ouija board, which <laughs> I will never play with. But um, <laughs> no, anyway, no, no. I have. There was a janitor named Ned that worked for the Landers at one point, but he wasn't there in 1920. So that's uh, mm -hmm. kind of how that story kind of happened. Now, Beth Doman, um, she's Springfield Little Theater's executive director. And she's experienced uh, strange things at the theater as well. So during auditions for a streetcar named Desire, Doman says a colleague's earring flew from the back of her ear onto the stage as if someone had flicked her ear. Uh, she says that you can sense spirits there. And for the most part, they're all nice, except for maybe one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this one, <laughs> yep. This one is hangs out in the lobby 
and they say that she feels like she's kind of angry. No one knows who she is or what happened to her, but the energy changes pretty quickly, and allegedly you can hear high-heeled shoes clicking across the floor. So she is met. Probably the doors didn't open on time, or she's probably a house manager. That's what I figured. <laughs> Stage manager. No house manager. I've been there. I've been I've been on both sides there. So um they also say that sometimes you can smell certain odors, like bacon cooking. When the Landers was part of the Orpheum circuit of theaters that showed vaudeville or tabloid shows during the early part of the 20th century. Mm. Actors would live in the building and they'd cook for themselves. Mm. So, yeah. interesting. Cool. Yeah. I like that. And then pro this is kind of the, the wrap up of the, I think the, the nice, uh, well, sweetest story maybe. So uh, Dillman said that she and a group of colleagues uh, were standing in the lobby one night reminiscing about longtime director Mick Denniston um, who had recently passed away. And they were laughing about some of the shenanigans Mick had been involved in. And all of a sudden, it was like someone standing outside was shaking the front doors just as hard as they could, you know, bam, 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 bam. And so she said she looked over and said, well, Mick, and then it just stopped. Uh. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, I mean, that's kind of all I found about the, um, the Landers. Uh, I did look into the Galois as well, because I thought, well, you know, theater, theater, Springfield, Springfield, whatever. And um, there were only a couple of stories with the Galois as well, which surprises me. One of them is um, uh, that it, there is a, a little boy in the building, and he's seen in the uh, restroom area. And he's not, you know, just playing. He's just a little boy. Um, and then there's also the story of a projectionist whose name was Martin. Um, he died in the projection room on a New Year's Eve screening and is reportedly haunting the theater. Um, ah. he's, yeah, so he still keeps an eye on the running of the place. He's often seen as a shadowy figure that moves typically in the balcony, um, although there have been sightings on the main floor of the theater and even some activity on the stage and at the uh, rail system so that's um those were just a, a couple of stories that i thought were interesting as well i'm sure that out there in uh the theater world um you guys have uh, stories that were not covered here and oh, um, yeah. yeah it would yeah. be great i haunted theaters to me are one of my favorite things so yeah. um i was i was disappointed that i wasn't able to find a little bit more um on both of these, but still, I thought they were interesting stories. And, you know, we, Don and I and Dean, I think I'll have stories that we're going to cover about Cotty at some point. And, um, yeah, a couple of ours involve uh, the theater. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting. Well, every theater's haunted, right? Yeah. That's what every you theater. like to think about it anyway. Just think about all the energy in a yeah. theater and how vacant it is it's creepy to walk in a theater anytime by yourself yeah <laughs> by when yourself it's at night when nobody's around yeah. there's just too much action still going on yeah well, thanks dita that was good yeah it was really Thank good you, dita. yeah i so one of my one of my oldest early memories is going to the gilloys when it was a movie theater 
and you had to dress up and they showed cartoons before the movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't remember yeah. that. I know I must have been before. It probably time. was Did not. Did you see there? What? Did you and I saw a comedian there. A comedian? Who was it? Oh. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it was a movie theater, and then when um, Park Central kind of died, you know, hers went under and, or whatever, right. Right. Um, it shut down, and so it hasn't, you guys probably never went to movies there. No, I don't remember going to movies there. It was Rodney... Um, Harrington. Yeah. 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 Well, it's beautiful now what they've done with it, for sure. Yeah. Well, both of those theaters. And, yeah, done. Landers, too. It's gorgeous, too. Yeah. Well, thanks, um, Dina and Deidre. Those are really good little highlights of Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Thank uh, thank you all for listening, too. Um, We really appreciate it. It's fun to read your comments um, on Facebook and Instagram. And um, now uh, here's your assignment to get on one of the pla- eight platforms. We're on eight platforms. <laughs> get on one of those. Eight. Eight. Um, There's eight. One, two, three, four, five. Anyway, get on those and leave us a comment. Like if you have suggestions, if you've got stories, if you know someone we know, if you like the drink, if you got arrested after drinking the drink, <laughs> tell us what you think. Um, and please leave us lots of stars or what it, however those platforms have you review us. Please do that too. And tune in on October 1st for episode seven. So we'll see you next time. So say goodbye, girls. Bye, girls. Bye. 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 And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.